You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we try to answer specific questions on an individual topic, and then at the end, we bring in an expert to give you the real answers. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. Yeah, and I, and I wish I had another screen or two, to be honest. Yeah, wait, a full Twitch setup is uh, dual or three monitors, uh-huh. and then you go, you got a vertical somewhere, right? Uh, Didn't you have a vertical? I, that one turns into a vertical. Then you go vertical, because you got to read chat. You literally look like, uh, what was that movie that's highly underrated? Grandma's Boy? Grandma's Boy? Mama's Boy? No. no. I think it's Grandma's Boy. Is it, Connor? I don't know. Who's in it? Uh, it's old, like '90s. Um, I don't even know who's in it, but it's like the it's the gaming um, movie. It's kind of like a stoner gaming movie where one of the um, they, it's it's a group of friends. They yeah, it's Grandma's Boy, <coughs> I believe. A uh, group of friends um, are all video game designers and programmers, and one of them uh, something happens, or he lives with his grandma. And then there's like one lead gaming guru who's just like the he, you'd recognize all the faces from it. Oh, there. I, okay. I don't know. I don't know if any of them have like big names, but they're all like recognizable, like characters. They're all kind of like you know C-list celebs. Oh, Linda Cardinelli. No idea, but I. But, uh, but nine hundred two one zero. See, never seen it. Okay, but no, uh, I know it. First nine hundred two one zero. Um, I don't know who the rest of these people are, to be honest. But if you saw him, I swear, Uh-oh. if you see the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's in this and that guy's in oh. this. Kevin Nealon. Uh, yeah, Kevin Nealon's big. Uh, Nick Swardson. Nick Jonah Swardson. Hill. No, oh, yeah, Jonah Hill plays kind of a smaller role, and it's young, fat Jonah. But, like, the main designer, he, like, he's they make him into, like, a, uh, he is really weird, but they make him into, like, a Darth Vader-type character, even though it's totally real. But they'll go into his office, and he, like, spins around in a chair, and he's got a 100 monitors, and then he's like, okay. now leave me. I must okay. design. And then he's, his, he has, like, a lazy boy that rolls back, and you roll back in the lazy boy, and the monitors follow him. So he's almost in, like, a horizontal position, but monitors are everywhere, and he's fucking nerding out. Holy shit, that's yeah. Yeah. Crazy. That's the dream. That's where. That's crazy. That's what I want to be when I grow up. I. That's like what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like you're in a so there's gaming chairs, which right. are just nice, supposedly ergonomic chairs because you spend a lot of hours in it. But right. these things, like they are kind of like lazy boys. You you you're probably at a 45 degree angle and just surrounded by monitors. And then like I just saw an ad for one on Instagram. And then there's like, like. Uh, uh, kind of like um old school airplanes where the uh, coffee tray comes out of the armrest. Oh, you would probably remember. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, uh, some of you young cats probably don't. I'm old now, but it, it folds out. You open the thing and it folds out and flips out in front of you like right. a TV dinner tray. Right, right. That's where your keyboard goes, and then like there's a place for your controller. There's a place for your headset. Utility knife of video games. That's awesome. Actually, it's kind of, for whatever reason making me think of um show on Broadway that I would like to see at some point called Dear Evan Hansen. Never heard of it. And it's about this guy who, uh, in high school, socially awkward, whatever, and um, another one of his classmates commits suicide, and he pretends to have been really good friends with that guy, like best friends. Yeah. So he creates this whole like scenario to sell it to friends and family and yeah, yeah, yeah. the other What's guy's family and stuff not not like morning jealousy or something it's like a real thing uh i think maybe i don't know oh god damn it god damn the name of this podcast is correct 
<laughs> it's always fifty percent. I think it's like it's like morning jealousy or like something like that. Penis envy. It's very similar, except when people die. And I went through it when my best friend died, and I was just talking. Uh, you met Mike Sean. Oh, survivor's guilt. Maybe no, no. no that's like war, <laughs> right? Well, it doesn't have to be. Oh no, no. It's more like just exactly what you talked about. So, like, uh, best friend passed away when I was eighteen. We just graduated high school. Uh, you met Mike Sean. It's basically right. like my little brother. He yeah. was close to him, and obviously his older brother. We were all best friends, and we remember around that time, and we couldn't say it then because we we're seventeen, eighteen, and we don't uh-huh. really get it. But like as adults, we're like, yeah, bro, like so and so is like acting like they're so close to Jared, and like. Hey, he didn't even like you. Like, you guys weren't even friends, you know? Like, everyone's doing like, oh, yeah, I remember that one time. Like, yeah, you only hung out with him one time. <laughs> like, yeah, you remember that one time. But everyone's acting like they're, everyone wants to get involved, and, and everyone mourns in their own way. Right. Everyone's right. emotional, whether you're really close or even semi-close. It's sad when someone passes. Right. But right. everyone's coming out of the woodworks acting like, oh, yeah, we have kind of like a secret friendship. Or like, eh, I don't think so, dude. Like, I was at his house every single day. And, and you I were never, never saw you. Yeah, you Where were, were you? Never, you were never there. And even if you were, he didn't want you there. Where are you? Well. But my point is that, uh, like the the whole backdrop of this show is screens. And oh, that's all dope. live. That's dope. Is it of the show? It's uh, social media. Oh. It's chat. It's all sorts of stuff. It's cra- it's a crazy. I've seen I've only seen pictures. That I've cool. seen the show. That sounds cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, really good. And the other thing, actually, this is this is a crazy. Um, uh, another aside. Network was a movie in the seventies about a guy who was a. a he was a TV newscaster yeah. who lost his shit and went on and just, you know, yelling and screaming and cursing and I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Like, go to the window, open the window, throw shit out the window and scream and stuff, right? Yeah. Turned into, it turned into this ratings bonanza on the show and the, the producers of the of the news, like, just rode this guy until he fucking died. Well, they made a play of it with uh, Brian Cranston oh, yeah? from Breaking Bad yeah, yeah, yeah. in that role. Uh, Broadway type deal. Yeah, Broadway. And they built a TV, literally a TV control room on set. So everything happens live as if you were watching it just That's on sick. TV. That's a cool idea. Yeah. That's really cool. Nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, Broadway's insane. I've only been to one. Uh, I saw Book of Mormon. Um, but like the money and production behind it, it's pretty insane considering... That we've like stepped away from movies, we've kind of stepped away from TV. Everything's live streaming, and what I thought is we stepped away from theater as well. Uh, but there's obviously a shit ton of money going into these productions. I think uh, the main guys are getting paid a lot. They're right, uh, Wolverine, uh, Hugh Jackman, yeah. is taking roles over there, and some of it's probably to express his creativeness. And he's, a, a, I think a he singer. did theater before, so, right? Yeah. But but I'm, there's got to be money. Like you're not oh, getting yeah, that yeah. guy for a grand a show. Yeah, no, no. If you're, I think if you're a top level person, yeah. for sure. Like you're some shit. There's a kid. Uh, he actually twitches, plays video games. Jordan, I forgot. He's a Disney kid. Now he's old. I mean, he's probably 25. But he was a Disney guy, and then he was leader of Hamilton, one of the lead roles. Light skinned black kid. I forgot his name. I think it's Jordan. Um, oh my god. Uh, oh, whatever. Like one of the original cast. I think so, because he sings, he acts, he does his own music. But yeah, he, uh, like he was Disney guy. Now he's Hamilton guy. And now he's kind of everything guy. Um, but he's like. <laughs> You know, B-list celebrity or whatever on Broadway is a pretty big deal. Um, yeah, the, maybe the guy that plays um, Lawrence and um, and Philip. I never saw him. Philip Hamilton. Yeah, I, we're going in in June. New York. Oh, San no, Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, it's the that'd same cool. company that's playing yeah, yeah. in Puerto Rico right now. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, but the thing I didn't realize is that speaking of Disney connections, 
Two of the main cast, at least two of the main cast, were in um, Lion King on Broadway. Huh? The guy who plays George Washington and um, Angelica Schuyler. Yeah, yeah. They were both in in Lion King on Broadway. That's another thing that's kind of happened is that like those Disney movies that yeah. everybody loves have turned into stage shows that everybody loves. And now they're returning in uh, live, live action. action movies. Yeah. That they got everybody... the Aladdin coming with Will Smith and a bunch of people, which I'm a little hesitant about because I love Will Smith, but he, they're making him... Live action also. Yeah. So he just looks a little silly with the fucking, like, Egyptian-looking beard. You think He's, it's going to turn into uh, um, Kazam? I don't know. That's <laughs> what it kind of looked like in the poster. Did you see a picture of him? Yeah. Yeah, the picture just looks weird. And then uh, I love Lion King, and that looked really good because it's, like, live action but not still. Um, Lion King looking. We'll see. And and then, the, you know, more more late-breaking news. Uh, their sh- streaming network's about to drop. Yeah. That's going to drop. I'm, I wish I could invest or do something. I don't know how, but that's going to be huge. I think that's the only chance to at least... Because, like, there's Hulu and this and that, but that, I think that's the only chance to semi-compete with Netflix. Possibly. They own everything. They do own everything now, for they sure. They own everything, and then they already announced... And there's... Not only do they own everything, Netflix has done a really good job of building up from nowhere, right? Like, Netflix originals now are legitimate shows that are people talking about. Yeah, yeah. I remember Netflix originals even five years ago, and they were absolute trash. No yeah. one watched a Netflix original. But uh, Disney has already announced like spinoffs left and right that's only going to be on this platform, mm-hmm. right? Like a Yoda movie or a fucking whatever. Uh, the Mandalorian. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So they're going to do all these, and that might do... I, I assume they're going to be at least decent. They're going to be entertaining. Whether they'll be great or not, I don't know. But there's fanatics. There's Star Wars fanatics. There's Marvel mm-hmm. fanatics. Mm-hmm. Like everyone says, oh, I'm kind of a fan of. No, but like these are fanatics of Disney movies, Marvel, and Star Wars. So there's going to be money flowing around. Yep, for sure. All right. So, topic of the day. Let's get greasy. Let's talk about olive oil. I don't know, man. Uh, polyphenols is going to come up. Okay. I believe in antioxidant. Okay. Um it's sailing over my head, but yeah, I, I I I know I use a lot of it. I use a lot of olive oil in cooking and stuff like that. I don't like chug it in shakes or anything like that. People Although do that. I know though. people do yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Or or like yeah, sure put it in a protein shake. Yeah. People people talk about olive oil. Um our guest today's my mom. Uh and, awesome. And so I make fun of her a lot because I feel like olive oil is a little bit of a buzzword. Yeah, healthy fat, fucking polyunsaturated phenols yeah. and antioxidants, and you know, like, oh, you must cook with olive oil, not not canola oil. You know, I remember years ago seeing people say that they were using EVOO. It's like, what yeah, the fuck, no, that's EVOO. real. Yeah, it's extra virgin olive oil. Yeah, and, like and they, she's on the EVOO panel or whatever. That's how they talk. <laughs> I don't know. And I have the question, you know, calling back to an earlier episode, is using EVOO. When you're writing a social media post, yeah, okay, uh, or pretentious, is yeah, is it familiar? Is it similar to uh, uh, CHO? I think so. I think yeah. if I think if you're writing E V O O anywhere, yeah, you're assuming the people following you understand what you're saying. You're so deep in it, right? Like th- yeah. that's the same with us talking about like RPE. Or right. something, right? If I write RPE, I assume that you know whatever amount of followers I have, at least eighty percent are on, are on my page. Yeah, because that's why what we talk about. It's just jargon. Yeah, um, yeah. I think people talk about olive oil highly though because of the healthy fats, less you know what is monounsaturated compared to polyunsaturated compared to blah 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 blah. Less saturated fat in general compared mm-hmm. to what many. And we're not going to go down this road, but the vegan argument against animal fats uh, being less healthy for you than perhaps um, 
vegetable fats, but I think there's also uh, arguments the opposite way from a bunch of carnivore type people. Yeah, I kind of want to know. Um, I know that like if you want an oil that tastes good, you're going to go toward a an olive oil, and if you want, if you're just trying to cook and you don't like so much care, you might go canola. Yeah, I don't. I wonder if that's a health thing or a price thing. I, it's probably a price thing. I know that we have. Um, my wife has like the salad olive oil yeah, yeah, that yeah. is not the cooking olive oil. For sure. Like our cooking olive oil comes from Costco. Right, right, right. You buy it in a big, sure. big container. And and I buy it there, honestly, not just because it's cheap, but because I read an article that said that UC Davis had done a bunch of testing yeah. of you know the chemical, actual chemical uh uh, constituents of the olive oil and try to figure out where it comes from and what, how much of it is really olive oil and how much of it is actually good olive oil yeah. and all that stuff. And they did pretty well. That's uh, where I'm semi-biased on this topic, just obviously because it's my mom and she's done this, I think, seven years now. Oh, wow. I might be wrong. She'll obviously let us know. But there's a, a large amount of olive oil you buy in stores that's rancid. Yeah. Officially rancid. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's not even extra virgin. But they say that or they something say it like is. that. Yeah. And I don't know the difference. And, uh, my question is rancid as in it wasn't stored well or it's really old and was always going to be rancid or... I think it's a manufacturing process. Manufacturing process. I think. Because like yeah. I think it's pretty like... At least I think it's more niche because it's less consumed for fun compared uh-huh. to wine. And that's 100% my hypothesis. Wine's so generally fun consumed. So everyone's talking about it and everyone, oh, yeah, red wine, this wine. I'm a Chardonnay guy. Uh, where olive oil is not spoken the same. Yeah. But the process and the niche and the kind of pretentiousness of it is the same. Where like you have to, you know, farm it, you know, on the third day of the month or what. You have to be very specific with how you handle this stuff to mm-hmm. make the best olive oil ever same as wine how you grow it where you grow it how you you know what kind of metal you're holding it in in between mm-hmm. whatever whatever um so i'm pretty sure it's it's pretty exact science to make a really good olive oil and i think by rancid it just means like certain type of tastes or something because mm-hmm. i think again my mom will tell us but I th- i'm pretty sure she does two things i'm pretty sure she um is a sensory panel, which is what you're talking about at UC mm-hmm. Davis. And that's kind of telling you um, whether it's rancid, whether it tastes like almonds, or whether it has a floral taste, or whether mm-hmm. it has a whatever taste. And then she's also a judge. So she also, I think actually next week or something, very soon, she goes to LA. It's an international olive oil competition where people from all over the world send in their olive, and now they're judging it, saying this one's better than that one, this one tastes better than that one, this one's more pure, or whatever. So um, I, I I assume they do that in wine too and probably regular food where you're kind of judging i i like yours the best i think yours is the yeah best tasting yeah blind testing yeah oh, taste and, testing. and then this one is more um i assume coffee is probably similar actually now that we're drinking coffee but and then this other one's like this one has an oaky taste and this one has a smoky texture or some bullshit yeah i guess a question i have too is um what about the ones that are infused with other stuff yeah like infused with rosemary or lemon. infused with lemon. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, I I think, I'm 50% facts, I think that if you are using an infused oil, you got to use it up pretty quickly because you're, um, you're adding something to yeah. it that could have bacteria on it or whatever, and it could go bad faster. I think, uh, and again, I don't know shit, but I think <laughs> you're right with all olives. I think more olive oil goes bad quicker than we think too we think like oh fat just fucking screw it up and throw it in the thing but i think mm-hmm. it's again and this might just be my head i think it's more like wine than we think 
You know, like you, you have to preserve it in the right area. You have to uh, no light or whatever. Does it get better over time? Yeah, I don't. I think maybe in bottles. Maybe I see. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, yeah that's a good question. But I think I, I definitely do think like once you pop that thing, like it's got an expired life for sure. Where some people, like you said, when you're cooking, you just could buy a freaking twelve gallon and just keep it in the yeah. Thing. And maybe it doesn't matter. But I don't know about taste either because like it's like everything else. And so you start drinking coffee every single day, and mm-hmm. you have Starbucks, mm-hmm. and then you have Nest Quick coffee <laughs> and then you go have like a real local roaster right, coffee do right. you, you know for a long period of time do you even understand like i like that i don't like that i like this because and i'm no coffee connoisseur but i drink a lot of coffee so i at least know i like a lighter roast i, I can tell that starbucks tastes kind of burnt i can tell that i just got this and it tastes fine mm-hmm. i can tell the caffeine content <laughs> how it affects me or, or wine mm-hmm. um even though I, I drink an okay amount of wine i still just just know like i like this i don't like this yeah, and you know, wine is weird too because um, sometimes things that are cheap end up tasting really good and yeah. actually testing well. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You know, among people who don't know. Yeah, I wonder if that has to do with um, or do, don't know what it is. I guess yeah. don't know where it comes from, and they're like, "Oh, this is really good." And it's like, "Oh, well, it was you know, three buck chuck." Or yeah, whatever. I, I I imagine olive oil is the same where it's supply and demand. Like just because you're more likely, and these are one thousand percent hypothesis, <laughs> you're more than likely going to make a better. Uh, batch when you're doing smaller batches, right? Because you can put more care and more thought into it rather than going against Kirkland. Uh-huh. But that doesn't mean that Kirkland can't make a good wine or a good olive oil. Yeah. They still might be able to, but on the mass production. But when you mass produce anything, it's going to be a little bit less quality, you'd imagine, or at least less specific than a smaller batch of something. Craft beer is super popular right now. Why? Because, oh, this is the 2019 you know, summer ale from whatever IPA. Right. This is going to, you know, we really put attention to this rather than just like, this is Budweiser. We made it by a billion gallon batch. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, um, I think with beer, we'll we'll talk, to, I keep getting offered pe- beer people. Yeah, I'm um, in. Uh, that you're, it's like if craft beers are less likely to be hanging out a lot longer, you know, um, people consume them. Yeah. If you go to the uh, tap room, whatever, you're going to get stuff that's, that's relatively new because people drink it and it, and it's gone and you don't have to wait, flip that around. You're not going to get beer that's been sitting there for a long time, I guess. Is what right, I'm right, right. Saying. Yeah. It's more like whatever seasonal or yearly at yeah. least. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Beer would be interesting too because it, uh, craft beer in some senses or IPAs or whatever, like kind of new, like it's kind of like a flourishing industry mm-hmm. in the scheme of things. Uh, even though beer is probably the first thing, <laughs> second thing humans ever drank once we drank water and started shitting ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like this water's not water, healthy. I must do something to this. Yeah, water, beer, wine. Yeah, Probably, are, right? Yeah. Mead. Yeah. yeah. It took a while before they started distilling spirits, I think. Yeah. Or learn how to clean water. You probably learn how to make alcohol out of it before we knew how to clean water. Oh, probably so. Yeah. Probably so. Montezuma's oh. Revenge. Drink beer in Mexico. That's the truth. All right. What else we got? I don't know. I know absolutely nothing. My mom, like I said, we have conversations. She's like, oh, we tried this and we tried that. And that's all I hear. But it's the same thing she probably thinks. Like if you interviewed her on strength and conditioning and what I do, like she knows like tips. And, but uh, but on my own knowledge, I know nothing about olive oil. Everything I kind of know is just from dinner conversations with my mom. Uh, everything I know goes like this. Uh, what, what I said about the... That the Costco stuff being pretty good. Yeah, I know that some of it tastes different uh, because there I've I've gone by like um, olive oil sellers that they offer you you know you get a little piece of sourdough bread yeah, yeah. And a toothpick and you dip it in and you taste oh wow that tastes different yeah, or yeah. It tastes great or whatever that's it yeah my my mom literally just like drinks that shit they don't even do bread or nothing when they're tasting it oh really oh yeah I think they uh, they drink it like a wine. 
So, like, that's a good question. I think too. they taste it literally like wine, where they're like oxygenating it and they're slurping and they're spitting and they're, yeah, gross. I don't even like olive oil really. Like, if it's on a salad, I'm gonna eat it. Or <laughs> someone cooks like <laughs> me, and I don't even like it. I mean, I, I don't. Like, what do you cook your vegetables in? Steam them. Oh, you just steam them. You I just know steam them. Uh, yeah, there's some things about mm-hmm. me that are a little like uh, old school bodybuilder-ish in a sense. I, I roast a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I would do that. If I roasted them, I'd drizzle some olive oil or drizzle some something. But like, to be honest, I'd eat pretty plain or eat out. Here's what I do. I, I Lately, especially, vegetables that take a long time to cook, I throw them in the microwave. I clean them, throw them in the microwave, and steam them for four or five minutes, something like that. Then throw them in a pan with a little bit of olive oil, yeah. toss it around, salt, pepper, whatever, and throw it in the um, in the oven for you know ten, fifteen minutes, whatever. How long it takes at four twenty five? Yeah, get some make texture. Look, yeah, make them look a little bit um, caramelized. Yeah, that's what my mom and does. It's amazing with, uh, cauliflower. I think a lot of olive oil and some kind of oven deal, and then they come out kind of like cri- kind of like French fry crispy, even though they're still in oh, like just regular too, yeah. leaflets. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. I, I think it's just for when I'm cooking for myself, I'm just impatient. So like all. Yeah, steam it in a pot of water, and that's about that. Get it down. I, I don't mind vegetables, you know? That's why oh, like, I don't, I don't, really yeah, I can't, I don't eat raw broccoli. What do I care? Yeah, me too. I don't understand people who don't like vegetables at all. I mean, yeah. and maybe it's a weird taste that I don't understand, but like, like my son, Sam, can't eat cilantro because it tastes like soap I've heard, uh, to him, and that's a genetic thing. Yeah, I've heard cilantro is weird with some people. <clears throat> and that doesn't bother me at all. Some people's pee doesn't smell after the asparagus. Mine yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know? Some kind of enzyme in your whatever yeah. bladder, I guess. So maybe they just uh, have some kind of a genetic aversion to them, but like I don't have any problems with them. Yeah, you wonder how much of that's nature versus nurture, because like you said, maybe your other son does like it or whatever. You know, it's not yeah, on, no, on he the does. nurture He point. doesn't yeah. have any problem with it at all. My family was pretty good. We did eat a lot of junk food growing up, but like every dinner would be normal. Like every dinner would be like a steak, a veggie, and a mm-hmm. potato or something. I don't know. Now we're getting off topic, but <laughs> we'll get my mom in here, try to figure things out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my mom, sensory panel, UC Davis, international olive oil judge, don't quote me. Uh, my mom for 30 years. Uh, she was a teacher for 20 years, uh, presented a lot of different places, and now she does uh, a little bit of seminars and things with olive oil, uh, travels the world judging them, uh, telling you if your olive oil sucks or not, and uh, hopefully we'll learn something. All right. On with the bombs. So actually, I have a question to ask you just like straight off the bat. What is it like having this guy as your kid? <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, gosh, I w- I'm not prepared for this question. <laughs> Thirty years have not pre- has not prepared you for this. No, he's he's really a a really wonderful person. I'm aware of that. Yeah, he's a good human being. Um, I um I loved having him uh, as a, as a toddler. Um, in fact, I was just looking at some pictures. I would always carry him when he got tired of walking. I would carry him on my shoulders. Uh-huh. And his biggest thing was always to be stronger and faster. That was his thing. So always, he, we always. would be eating dinner. I'm talking when he was little, right? We, we'd be eating dinner. No, I'm weak and slow. <laughs> this is last weekend. What happened? Uh, he would eat, yeah, whatever. And we ate a lot of spinach because my husband likes spinach. So mm-hmm. we, And he'd be eating spinach. And he'd, will this make me stronger? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it will. And he'd buy new shoes and he'd come home and the first thing he'd say is, look, mom, look how much faster I can run. He'd run up and down the hallway. And I got Sandlot. Did Sandlot make that a thing? What? 
Sandlot the movie. Yeah, made what? Didn't the whole movie premise like an undergoing story to get like PF flyers or something? They put oh. them on and they're hecka fast. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that sounds. That the movie's sounds really. It's, it's been a while since I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's always been. It's always been fun uh, having him. He was always um, super excited about everything, super happy uh, to do things. And then his teenage years, he was just great. I never had any problems with him. So, and and now, well, he's just my he's my support. Yeah, he's really good to me. No, well, I love Mike, and we've known each other for quite a while now. And like very early on, it's like, well, this would be somebody that I would want to work with. Yeah, because he's just he's easy and he's considerate, and we're gonna make him blush in a second here. I know. Oh shucks! <laughs> yeah, seven, eight years or something, Jim. Yeah, it's been a while. It's, it's been a minute. He's yeah. very loyal, and he's you know once you're a friend, he's he's he takes care of his friends. He's just a really good person. Yep. His dad was too, so I think he gets more from his dad <laughs> than from me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do, Mom? Yeah, what do you do? Well, I am an olive oil sensory panelist and a judge. Okay, so the is that. Two different panelists and judges that two different things? Yeah, it is. What do we got? What do they do? What's a sensory panel list? A sensory panelist is a professional taster. Okay. So I belong to a panel. I used to belong to the UC Davis olive oil panel, mm-hmm. and that panel dissolved. And the panel leader had her own company, and she just took us over to her company, oh, okay. and we continued the panel there. So I work now for a profit Although it's not my profit, but profit for <laughs> the company. Making, somebody's making money? <laughs> yeah. We know what that uh, feels like. Somebody's <laughs> making money? <laughs> um, you? What do you do on sensory then? What's the goal of the board or the panel? So the panel, uh, it's it's a very interesting thing. There's, um, there's a lot of protocol and regulations. We have mm-hmm. to be very careful. There has to be a minimum of nine um, tasting at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we taste between uh, 9.30 and 11.30. 9.30 is the target time, no no later than that. And we sit in these little cubbies. We don't uh, talk to each other, and we taste olive oil. And the reason why we do this, it's a blind taste, and we, we certify that it's extra virgin. So through smelling, through the aroma, and through taste, we can tell you if there's any defects. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think, you know, extra virgin. I always thought extra virgin was just this wonderful oil that came from Italy with the, you know, stone mill. And mm-hmm. uh, it just meant it was the first oil that it that was crushed but that's not it your dreams Uh, got shattered yeah extra virgin is the um, condition of the oil so if there's no defects at all in the oil then it's considered extra virgin so where do the defects come in the manufacturing process or storage or just any anything a a lot a lot of different things so it can be um, uh, through the milling process Mm -hmm. it can happen after it's been milled uh, through storage and it can happen in the bottle itself what happens to oils that are defect? Do people sell them and eat them or drink them? Yep. Oh, so it's still the same. You just buy non-virgin olive oil? You just don't know that you're buying a non-virgin. So you're just so, buying, <laughs> it's just olive oil. Yeah, so 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 extra virgin is when there's absolutely no defects, zero. And all nine of us in the panel have to agree with this. And we don't know uh, because the panel leader is the one that's getting all the stats, really. So you're blind voting. Yep. Okay. And then if there's a little bit of a defect, then it's considered virgin, labeled virgin and then if it's beyond that then it's called lampante or crude which is lamp oil not fit for human consumption whoa 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what's a defect? Like ars- d- our, our, our arsenal or like? No, the defects aren't that bad, but they're, they, you know, the, the biggest defect is rancidity. Mm-hmm. And then there's this uh, fustiness, which can be uh, fermented olive or an olive that's been stored and there's muddy sediment uh, or. Muddy meaning literally dirt? Muddy meaning that there's um, no. It's it's more like olive particles. It could be dirt. It like could, it skin could just, of an olive or something. Yeah, all yeah. Just uh, like particulate kind mm-hmm. of. Okay, like with wine. And with- it could be water. Yeah, it could, it's like wine. And then there's uh, there's others. There's musty. There's frozen. And I actually like the taste of a frozen olive oil because it's kind of sweet. It tastes a little bit like vanilla sometimes, but it's it is considered a a defect. And so um, here's the the trick. The trick is that all bottles say extra virgin. There are right. very few that say virgin or pure. Uh, don't ever buy a pure because pure just means it's bad. <laughs> if, if they couldn't put extra virgin on their label, you know it's been refined probably. So. Are you guys the regulators then if, if they can put that on the bottle or not? Or is there no real regulation and that's the issue? Well, that's that's a big issue. Yeah. There, there, are, there are regulations are just starting. In 2014, a new law came out where olive oil, the larger producers had to have their olive oils tested. And we, in fact, got the contract this year with my company that I work under. And so we're testing all the large, like California Olive Ranch. Kirkland or some shit. Uh, no. I don't know if we'll do Kirkland because they're not really producers. They buy oils and... Uh, they, re- they repackage. Yeah, yeah like I white label. so. But like the bigger producers here in California. So um, that's what we're doing. But just because it says extra virgin on the label doesn't mean what you're getting is extra virgin. So how do you know? Right? How like do you which, know? Which one do you pick? That's what got me so crazy over this. That's why I got so involved in olive oil tasting because... I bought olive oil all my life, and I thought I was buying good oil, and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So there are, th- there are certain things that you have to look for. The easiest thing is to find a, it's a little stamp. It's either a sticker or it's on the actual label, and it says certified extra virgin. It has the year on it. And here in California, I've only seen two. I've seen ours, Applied Sensory. Mm-hmm. And the COOC, which is the California Olive Oil Council. And that you see that one a lot. Mm-hmm. So those are the two. And they're just t- teeny tiny, like penny large, size of a penny. And then you know that that's been tested and it is extra virgin. But if the store owner has one uh, that's been there for two years, kind of in the back or in the sun or heated, then the stamp doesn't mean anything because it's... It's not been stored right. It's been... It's rancid. That goes to another question. It's not like wine then? No. Is is there a time uh, expiration on all of of olive oil? Yes. All right. Yeah. So it doesn't get so better with time. If if it doesn't have a little certificate and you you know a little little stamp or sticker and you really want to buy that bottle, then you look at the harvest date or mm. you look at um, they put that on the bottle. A lot of them do, and they're doing it more and more. But you got to be careful because best used by is a two year period. So if it says best used by 2019, that means it was harvested in 2016. It's too old. You don't want a bottle that's older than a year. So you want, if it's best used by today, I would be looking for a bottle uh, that's best used by 2020. Or it gives you the harvest date. 
Mm-hmm. And so the harvest date for now, a good harvest date would be 2017, October, November 2017, or January of 2000, sorry, 2018, or mm-hmm. January of 2019. Okay. You only want it- So the fresher, the better. The fresher, the better. The fresher, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this for all applications? Because uh, Jim was talking about he has uh, olive oil that he, I don't even use olive oil, so that's why I'm using Jim as an example. <laughs> uh, Jim uh, has one that he will maybe do salad dressings with or eat yeah. it more pure, and then yeah. one that he'll just cook his veggies in. And yeah, who you cares? Can, yeah, you can buy less expensive ones for uh, cooking, mm-hmm. and then uh, more, more tasty ones for finishing or for pasta where you'll really yeah, taste bread, the oil right. or bread dipping. Mm-hmm. So does it affect the nutritional content over time or is it really the, f- the flavor the mo- bigger thing or? Well, uh, both because the, the fresher the oil, the more polyphenols and antioxidants mm-hmm. it has. What the hell is a polyphenol? Polyphenol is an antioxidant mm-hmm. uh Substance within <laughs> olive oil. That's fair. That's in your olive oil. Like so, oh, one is oleocanthal. Okay. Ole- oleocanthal is really a unique uh, um, nutritional particle of olive oil. I don't know what to call it. I'm not scientific. Yeah, I don't know if it's a molecule. It's not a molecule. It's, right. it's a. It's a. It's part of the olive oil. And uh, not too long ago, a, a doctor did a study, some research on oleocanthal, and he found out that oleocanthal has the same properties as Advil. It's anti-inflammatory, oh. and it will uh, help with pain. The only thing is, you don't have tons of it like you would in a little capsule right, of, right. Uh, of Advil. But so all these all these polyphenols are antioxidant. Um, um, yeah, properties. Properties in the olive oil. So when when we use olive oil, we use it for the taste and we use it for these good properties. So mm-hmm. if you're buying olive oil that's old or rancid, it's not going to have the same. What's your feeling about olive oil versus other oils? Yeah, what's canola? Canola's yeah, canola is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so canola for the longest time, you know, for many years was the olive oil. Is Everybody, that Crisco? No, canola is rape seed, not grape, but rape rape seed. seed And it's rape seed oil that's been processed. And anything that's been processed needs chemicals and heat. Mm -hmm. So what you have is nothing. You have no flavor and no nutritional value. On the contrary, you have uh, a negative uh, nutritional value because it's full of chemicals and it's been processed with heat. Mm -hmm. So, Which is why when you see like a cold press... Right, olive oil. Then that's that's a direction you want to go. They all say cold. Press. They all say cold press. Just you know why they word? say cold press? So you buy it. So you, <laughs> there you go. Because yeah. now they have these wonderful mills that it doesn't matter. They are cold press automatically because these these um, mills are. Uh, state of the art. In the old days when it was a stone, and some people still do the stone. Mm-hmm. If, if you did the stone, you had to be careful that the day wasn't too hot, that uh, the, the stone didn't make too much heat on the, on the um, mm. olive, because if the olive gets heated, then it gets fermented. If it gets fermented, your olive oil then is defective. Mm. It's called fusty. So... Are you ever looking for, you were talking a little bit before about um, other flavors that you're pulling out of it. Are you looking for those things in particular ever or are you, are you just happy when you stumble <laughs> across them or? You mean as a sensory panel or yeah, as a consumer? As, as a, well, actually tell me both. 
As a sensory panelist, we have two different types of um, reports that we give to the producer or the bottler or whoever's mm -hmm. requesting that we taste it. The first one is a simple one that will certify that it's extra virgin. We actually have to agree within a 1% of standard deviation, we all have to agree that it's extra virgin, that it has no defects, that how much fruit flavors in there, mm. how much is ripe olive, how much is uh, green olive, meaning uh, not totally matured mm -hmm. olive, how much bitterness and how much pungency. Mm. We have to all agree on this. And that's the report that goes out. Then there's one that's a little more uh, complicated where the producer wants to have some descriptors. So we'll... That's your job, uh, the same process of mm -hmm. saying it's rancid or not? Mm-hmm. This is what we do. They pay you for that, right? Yeah, they yeah. pay me. Yeah. No, I mean like the, <laughs> they the don't farm. Pay. Oh, the farm pays the... This isn't a process like, all right, I want to make an olive oil and sell it at Kirkland. I must go through this process to get here. This is more like, oh, I want these cool check marks on my bottle. I'm going to pay you guys a grand, and you're going to make me look sound cool. I mean, not even a grand. Okay, it's not whatever, that much, whatever. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that much, really. So we, we sit there, and uh, the second process is to really give descriptors. So does it taste like green almond? Does it taste like tomato leaf? Does it taste like artichoke? Does it taste like green olive, green apple, ripe banana, tropical. There's all these descriptors that we can mark and actually type some in if we want to, too. So you can make it up? Uh-huh, if we taste something unusual, like cinnamon or chocolate. I've, I've tasted some that taste like chocolate to me. And so I'll type it in. And if there's I don't believe two it. <laughs> I want everything to taste like chocolate. If there's two or three people that agree, then she'll take that as a descriptor, and she gives that to the producer, and then the producer can use that on their bottle as a description. Oh, okay. So that's why. So when you're when you're choosing a descriptor like that, yeah, is it your first impression of it, or do you you taste it and then taste back again to see if you're getting the same thing from it? Or? Yeah, I have to do it. Everyone has their way, but I have to do it. Twice. The first one is more for um, the first thing, of course, is aroma, because there are some defects that you cannot get unless it's through your nose. Mm. And then it's taste. So I go we go through the first page, which is, which is really about defects. Mm. And then once that's cleared and we go, phew, then we can do the good stuff, like uh -huh. the pungency and the bitter. And then I usually sip again. Sometimes I sip two or three times to get the uh, descriptors. What happens if it's rancid? Do you still give descriptors or is it like rancid like and then it's just like now you're in the yeah, the shit pile? Well, we, we do we do try to give some descriptors. Sometimes I, I can't. I mean I just can't find anything good about it, but I try <laughs> tastes like dog shit. Well actually there's some that, that tastes like poop. Cat. Cat pee. Oh, I've had poop. I've had uh, goat. You've had poop. I've had goat. Mom, goat, talking, mom? goat tasting goat poop. How do you know what goat poop tastes pig, like, Mom? How can you describe? Pig, because I've been on a goat farm. <laughs> pig, uh, pig pen smells and tastes. We have those. So, like a really kind of a sharp smell, like a um, like. It's hard. I can't really I've never describe eaten, it. But I've like, never eaten cat pee, Mom. I don't know. No. Well, ca cat pee is actually not, not supposed to be too much of a defect. It depends. But anyway, um, so you smell it and you go, oh, my gosh, I don't want to put this in my mouth. Then you know. <laughs> acrid was the word I was looking oh, for. Oh, acrid. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I think that. Guinea pig poop has got to be the most acrid smell. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, like rabbits. Is that like yeah. ferret? Yeah, 
I don't know. I've I don't never, know. I've never I walked through a her. mall in Portland, and yeah. uh, ferrets are legal in Oregon. And when you get close to the pet store, you're just like, oh, you shit. can smell. Oh yeah, they they smell so bad. I think it's the worst smelling animal I've ever smelled. Yeah. Well, it's like that. It's really <laughs> bad. And so you don't you don't want to taste it, but you have to put it in your mouth. You just have to. It's you don't have to swallow. You don't have to ingest any of this. You, you can, can spit, spit it out. out, just like with wine or mm-hmm. or anything else that you're tasting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. What's yeah. the difference then with like judging? So you do sensory. You tell them they suck. You tell them they're good, <laughs> and then you tell them if it smells like oaky cat piss. And then yeah. what's the like a judging situation? Judging is a, a little different. So when we sit down to do sensory panels. Uh, when we do the panel, we do we have a minimum of nine. We sit in little cubbies. We're very quiet. We try mm. not to cough because you know all those polyphenols, the antioxidants. As you when you sip, then you slurp. You get a little mm. air in there, just like wine, except it's thicker. So you have to really, yeah, get that air in there, and then it coats your mouth and it coats the back of your your throat. When it coats the back of your throat, it can make you cough if it's very pungent. If it's mm. very pungent, it has a lot of qualities that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So it's a ro- it might be a robust oil. And it. Um, the point is, we try to hold our cough in because we don't want everyone else It'd to... be a signal to everybody right. else. So you try to hold it in. <laughs> I get sometimes it. get it like tickling wrong. So you could um, fake it through this whole thing. I feel like I could fake this whole thing. No, no, because... I'm just listening for coughs. I'm listening for extra slurps. If people have to slip, sip it like eight times, no, then I know like, oh, this one probably sucks. They're really checking yeah, for some no, shit. No, it's very, very complicated. We have a scale that's a 10 centimeter scale. So from one to 10. And we we mark the scale for everything, for fruitiness, for ripe or, or bitter or... Pungency, all sounds of like that. a Facebook survey. I just guessed my way through the whole thing. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be able to guess your way through. I'm going to infiltrate. My panel leader would kick you I'm out. I'm going to infiltrate. So anyway, judging is different. So judging, we're sitting at a table usually mm-hmm. of four. There's a head judge, a table judge, and then uh, three of us. Yep. And and we sit there and we have. So when I when we do sensory, we do maybe sixteen oils max. 12 is good, 16, 18 is mm. beyond we can, you can handle because you get tired. Your, your, mm-hmm. your whole body gets tired, your mouth gets tired, everything gets tired. With judging, we might do 50 between 9.30 and 12.30, 1 o'clock, 50 wow. oils. But we're not, we're, not, we're not looking, I mean, we're looking for defects, obviously, mm-hmm. but we're not looking to be specific on how much of each defect it has. We just taste it. If it has a defect, we go... Mm. Yeah, and then hopefully the whole table agrees. We discuss it. We will discuss it, and then uh, if it's good, then you know we have uh, we rate it. We mm-hmm. rate it by aroma, balance, and um, taste. The three. We add up the score, and hopefully we're all kind of in agreement, or we take the um, average number and just score for the like top mm-hmm. five, top ten, top by score. Oh, the, well, we do, depending on where where I'm at, I'm, I'm in the first week of February, I'll be down in L.A. at the L.A. International Competition, which mm-hmm. is a real presti- prestigious competition. It's in its 20th year, the oldest one here in, in California, in the United States, the mm-hmm. oldest competition. So there we, we taste about, I think we taste about 150 to 100 
180 oils in three days. And do you just give them a score and then they're ranked one through 50? Or do you have to say like, this is the best one, this is the second? Well, what we do is um, we give them medals. So there's a bronze, a silver, and a gold. And then of the golds, we might find one or two that are outstanding. And then we bring them back sometimes. Or sometimes we can just hold them there and say, this is the best of this class. Mm. So we do best of class, best of show. um, Like like a dog show. Yeah, like that. And then when we do, when I do the like the California State Fair or Napa Valley or Yolo County, those are the three I tend to do. They uh, they're less oils. We're done in one day, and we usually have maybe thirty five. Just the local oils. Thing. It's more local. Yeah, but uh, the LA one is three days, three days of tasting. That's a lot of olive oil. It isn't a lot of olive oil. Uh, and puke. what happens is, I I don't. Um, I don't spit well, you know. <laughs> I'm, you can't ingest right. 50 oils. No. And you rinse your mouth out with water and with green apples, but you, you can't swallow all that either. So I'm constantly <laughs> spitting in this cup, and I don't spit well, so I'm always rubbing my mouth with, you know, this paper napkin. Yeah. And then by the end of the day, my lips are all sore, and your mouth really uh, gets uh, a workout. Uh-huh. Well, some of the yeah. olive oils are probably like... Like acidic or something too, right? Like your tongue part gets all beat up. Like you even just eat a lot of anything, and like yeah. you're like, oh, this just fucked up the roof of my mouth. Or yeah, no, tongue. my my mouth hurts uh, at the end, and I usually have to eat a little something sweet. I don't eat anything. Well, I might have a salad. And I, I like coffee afterwards, but uh, in the afternoon, I have to just try to coat my mouth with something. So I'll have um, something, usually chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate's the key. But. So you, when you're going into one of these. Um, Experiences, you're just praying to not get a cold going into oh, it. Oh yeah. Hey, probably get fucked. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because that just cuts off. Yeah. So much of of what you can experience. Right. Oh, it's really know. hard. You don't want to get sick. That's why I'm always very, very careful. I'm always nervous about any of that because you don't want to. Yeah, and if you're traveling, because don't you have friends right. from like South America that come the, up to L.A.? Yeah, this is international. Yeah. So there's about 15 of us. And uh, we have people coming from Italy, New Zealand, Australia, Spain, Chile, Argentina, all over, all over the world. Who makes the best oil? Oh, everybody makes the best oil. Like you said, when you were buying, they're like, oh, Italy, everyone buys olive oil from Italy. Everyone buys olive oil from Italy. But I have to say that the Italian oil that you find in the supermarket, the one that you find massively produced is uh-huh. not good but the the oil that won last year at the la international was italian it was an italian oil it was an, uh, a fabulous oil it was really really good um but i don't know all the oils because i blind taste oh so right I, I really, so you don't you know, know the label i know the ones i i've tasted that i like i have my favorites but they're not necessarily um all of them because i don't know so outside of evaluation outside of competition just ones that you have in your you use in your regular life it's yeah like, oh i like this one yeah but you don't know whether you've encountered it before well, no, you, or you probably sometimes may I have. do, sometimes I know, but at the competition, you know, you get the, the winners, oh, okay. usually you might get best of show right away. Uh, well, in the LA one, it takes a few days to get, um, the actual list of winners. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, um, I'll go, I, I always go back to see who, who they were and maybe I can try to remember or I purchase them and if they're local, mm-hmm. but LA is from all over. So we get them from everywhere from South Africa to Greek to everywhere. 
Jim and I made a reference to beer, like uh, Budweiser versus like craft beer. Mm-hmm. Is olive oil kind of like that? Where like like you kind of said, mass produced, you don't know what you're getting, but maybe it's good. Are you better off going like local, smaller farm, or is that still could just be shitty? Well, I always say know your farmer. Get to know mm-hmm. your producer because we have, you know, 97% of the olive oil uh, produced in the United States is produced here in California. We are it. Wow. And that's only like 4% of the supply and demand. There's not, there's not a, we don't make enough to cover the demands of the United States. That's why we get so many imported oils. I always say go local if you can. Um, There are many large producers that have really good oils. I would just make sure that if, if you're going to buy, I don't want to get in trouble for this. But are you going to say a name? No. Put them on blast, Mom. No. But if you're going to buy an olive oil that's mass produced, I would definitely look for the sticker in the back uh-huh. and probably for a California oil. If you're going to get uh, uh, more of a boutique type oil, I would also get California. But if you want to venture out, then I would go more for a boutique oil outside of the United States. Those are hard to find. You can't find them anywhere here. Yeah. You have to you have to go to importer or or on a website or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, online you probably do anything now. Yeah, yeah. Probably so. And you know, f- farm to fork. That's right. like if you know if you know where they're coming where it's coming from, and you're probably getting it fresher. And oh, absolutely. I feel like that's that. not a thing though. Like that's why Sacramento's so on it. You know, you go to Ohio. What the hell are you gonna do? Farm well, to fork stuff, you know. Well, they have iron mills and fucking <laughs> truckers. They used to donut stores. No, <laughs> but there, there are the major producers go out there. The large producers here from California go out. I know, there. but farm to fork stuff. Oh, it's farm not to the same, fork. Like you said, get to know yeah, your farmer. Like no, what farmer are you going to really, know in Detroit? Right, really. They're they're here in California. There's some in Texas. Florida's trying to create some olive orchards, but that's it's not working too well. It's too wet down there for them. Mm. They like it a little drier. We pro- it's trees. probably similar to wine, right, or grapes. The yeah. climate to grow in. Mm-hmm. So, like, who else does wine? Us, right? Well, I mean, Oregon does yeah, some. Yeah. Oregon does wine, but and they do a little bit of olive oil. And Washington does wine, um, but yeah, New York does wine. Doesn't New York? Uh, upstate's probably too cold. Upstate's too cold. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I think it's too cold. I'm not a wine expert. Well, that's a that's a question for another episode. Our next probably. wine expert. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Aside from that, what, how do you feel about um, about infused olive oils with infused with other flavors and yeah. and whatever um, you know, like basil or r- rosemary or yeah. lemon or whatever? How do you feel about those? We have to taste those in competition, mm-hmm. and um, I I don't mind tasting them to judge them. I I don't like chili oils because I don't like spicy, mm. uh, but. A lot of people love infused oils. I would rather put my own flavors in. So mm-hmm. if I want garlic in my <clears throat> chicken, I'll just put garlic in my chicken with olive oil instead of an olive oil infused, uh, gar- uh, garlic infused olive oil. Now, having said that, I love lemon infused olive oil because I bake with it. There's, so there's oh, a couple okay. of recipes that I have that I like to put lemon olive oil to just enhance even the zest and the juice mm-hmm. and, that I'm putting in there and my lemon extract that I make at home. Mm-hmm. So it's really lemony. And lime is also very good uh, for cooking because you can pick up the lime flavor sometimes more when it's with infused oils. Generally speaking, um, 
whenever it's been infused, it should never be considered extra virgin because extra virgin is pure, yeah, right. right? So, but pure is bad. If the label says pure, it's bad. <laughs> don't get pure. Don't get light. There's no such thing as light olive oil. If you think you're going to get something that's locale, you're wrong because yeah. it's a fat, a fat, a fat. But it, it, what they do is they they mix it with canola, so the flavor is not as strong. Uh, uh, but the thing with olive oil is that olive oil is a fat, and fats enhance foods. Right. I always tell people, so don't be worried if you have a... I bake with really robust oils, the kind that make you cough as you swallow them, and people can't, can't, they can't taste the bitterness and the pungency once right. you bake it because it infuses, it, it enhances whatever you're cooking, so... Right. And can I make another point while Absolutely. we're at Absolutely. Do whatever cooking? you want, Mom. Oh, thanks, It's Mike. your show. Thanks, Mike. Oh, let's change the name. <laughs> so um, everyone has a problem with frying with uh-huh. olive oil because of the smoking point. And I don't know if that was the canola people who did that, but... Fuck those canola people, <laughs> No, <Mom>. gosh. <laughs> don't get me suck. in trouble. Don't get me in trouble. But... Olive oil, um, its smoking point's about 400, 425 okay. degrees. And we usually um, fry at 395, 375, 395. What are you talking about? Like French fries? Chicken? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Whatever you want to fry. So people are afraid to fry with olive oil. They always get the canola. But mm-hmm. actually, there's no problem with frying. Canola has a higher smoking point. But you know why? Because it's been refined. So there's nothing oh, in it. Oh, there's nothing in it. Because, uh, yeah, actually, um, that's a question about grilling. Oh, yeah. Like, I I tend to coat with olive oil, oh, meat yeah. with olive oil, and then throw, you know, like salt, pepper, whatever. I'm not, I don't, I'm pretty basic about how I, I grill stuff. I don't put a lot of extra stuff on. Maybe I'll throw, um, I have a rosemary in the backyard. You get a couple of snips of that, throw it like under, mm. like under the meat on the grill, you yeah, know, just nice. get a little bit extra, whatever. Yeah. But I have always heard, like, oh, no, the smoking point is, is, is wrong for grilling. What's a grill temperature? Do we know? Uh, on the yeah, I, I mean, it can go higher than that yeah, yeah. for sure. But ish. Ish, four something to five yeah. something, depending upon how uh, long you want to leave it on there. Oh, yeah. I never, well, I don't know. Red meat, I never go 500. That's really high. It's really high. 450 is kind of high, too. Yeah. I try to keep it between 375 and 400 if I'm grilling, uh-huh. right? Yeah, every once in a while, my um, I will have walked away from my grill. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and then it's like, oh shit! Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, too yeah. Hot. yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. different though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when you get a, a lot of extra heat when you're not expecting it, and then you and then everything's done faster than you intend, and the inside's a little raw. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah sometimes, I know. or you get like, you know, eighty percent of the cooking done on one side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do that. Yeah, I don't like that. Just remember to flip So olive there. oil, barbecue, olive oil. Barbecue. Fried french fries. Yep. Why, isn't, why don't they do that in restaurants? Because it's expensive. Uh, yeah. So restaurants usually have um, big, large containers, and sometimes they have like an 80-20 mix. So it's 80 olive oil and 20 canola. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I may get in trouble again, but a lot of chefs, I've, I have found that a lot of chefs don't really understand olive oil. They don't know what a good olive oil is. It's not something that, that that has, you know, this is fairly new. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's just how it goes. When it, you can't be an expert at everything. Like yeah, doctors, everyone goes to their doctor to t- learn about nutrition and exercise, and they spend a week in med school on nutrition. That's true. Like a doctor yeah. knows how to tell me if I have strep throat right. or if I need to get an X-ray, right? right. Or or if I'm fine. That's the three things right. they know. They don't know whether how to exercise, how right. to move properly, why I have back pain. They don't know those things. See, I started with olive oil about ten years ago, and it it's been the past five years that it's really been mm-hmm. brought out in the open mm-hmm. and talking about good oils and bad oils and Italian oils and this oil and that oil. And so I don't think it's been, it's becoming more and more popular in the um, culinary institutes, but they really don't teach much about olive oil. So uh, I don't think many chefs know. <laughs> they use it, mm-hmm. but they, they, you know, it takes years really to get uh, your palate. My, um, uh, one of my brothers-in-law is a, is a chef, and I just know he uses a whole lot of olive oil. Oh, does he? I wonder oh. what he uses. Do you know? What I, brand? You know, I don't know, but I I, yeah. I'll, I may find out before this, <laughs> before yeah, this yeah, post. Yeah. Uh, he uses a lot. He uses a lot of just seasoning, period, like salt. He uses oh. a lot of salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many chefs use a whole A lot of salt. salt. They're into salt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, how do you make something taste really good? You got a, a insane amount of fat and a lot of sodium. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Something's going to yeah. taste pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, I do uh, olive oil tastings. I I teach at the California State Fair in the summertime and I do at home and at people's homes and at the library. I'll I'll do classes. So I bring olive oils and I have people taste. And and once I tell them everything, you know, because people hold on to their olive oil like it's wine. They'll yeah, hold on to it for about. like yeah. a year or and two. Don't do that. No, you you need to finish your all your Just bottle in three months. Why yeah. do they sell such large quantities then on like personal consumers? Because people will buy. Because they don't care. Yeah. People go to yeah. Costco and they buy yeah. like you know tons of toilet paper and a yeah. big old bottle of olive oil. But unless you're going to share it with someone, or you're going to yeah, use, use it within three months. I we buy the big one and we definitely use it within three months. You do really? Yeah, we use a lot. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Yeah, we use a lot. Can I ask where you get it from? Are you a Costco? Costco? Just yeah, a Costco. Costco. Yeah. yeah. He said he read an article that Costco was decent. Is it? Yeah. No. Uh-huh. No, not anymore. I either. don't think so. I mean, I I think the California one, the Kirkland California one, is good. And if you buy, I think it's too late. I forgot to look. I was just there yesterday and I forgot to look. If you buy um, California Olive Ranch, the um, Oleo Nuovo, which is the first harvest, uh-huh. the very first, that's really good. That's good. And it, and you can buy that in a big kind of a biggish container, and that's that's a good one to At get. At the end of the day, though, isn't it what if you like it, you like it or no? I mean, kind of right. Like wine. Like well, I, I like this fucking boxed wine, and every wine snob's going to tell me I'm an idiot. Right. But like, I like how this tastes, bro, and it's ten dollars. Well, as long as it's uh, truly extra virgin, then you can you can have whatever you want. Yeah. Some people like a, a milder, buttery one. I really like it, grassy and green, and um, pungent and bitter. I like to taste that. Yeah. That's my favorite taste. Um, and I cook with it all the time, and I don't have a problem with it. I don't always buy it because I have to usually go to the producer or to other places, not the supermarket. Mm, the supermarket's a little milder for. because people like milder olive oil. Right. Um, just a side note on that. like yeah. You can't buy uh, sourdough that's as sour in right. the valley as you I can bet. in, in in San Francisco. In the city, yeah. there's t- It's totally different. Yeah. People people really like a you know very yeah. sour. I kind of like a sourdough. sourdough. Yeah. I love sourdough, but really, if if it's not from San Francisco, it's not the same. Did they the invent the thing. sourdough? 
Um, I, they did. They they po- definitely popularized. Somebody it. just told me something. Connor, did you tell me something about something being invented in, Sa- in San Francisco? It's not correct. What sourdough <laughs> is it, or you were wrong? Oh. Oh. Uh-huh. It was, oh, the Caesar salad. That's oh. what you told me. You said the Caesar salad was invented in San Francisco. No, I said, that's wasn't. amazing. Where's no, it invented? It what do you know? I think it was invented at Caesar's in, ta- in uh, Las Vegas? Vegas. No. That neither. New York. <laughs> Mexico. Mexico. I thought it was New York. Why is it called Caesar? Caesar. Yeah, but the, uh, you think Caesar, you think well, Rome. I think a, Italian. And when do you think sal- when where do you get a Caesar? Italian places, not Mexican restaurants. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, well, it was at a resort, though, right? Check check your. Oh, isn't that the deal? What, check your resources, yeah. Connor. The internet's a bunch know. of liars. You guys are all fake out there. I always just this is terrible, but I always think of the the big pepper grinder. Yeah. And the reason it was named that. What's it called? Um. The pepper grinder? Yeah. Uh, it has a name? Ruby Rosa? Oh, I don't know. What? Yeah. that's. We'll do that as another yeah. episode. <laughs> I don't so know fortune cookies were, were created in San Francisco. Fortune yeah. cookie? Oh, fortune cookies are like San Francisco. Chinese immigrants or something? And, mm-hmm. and that makes sense. It's it's for sure. Oh, it's it's yeah. yeah. For sure. It's it's for sure. Playland by the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love an it's it right All right. Are we missing anything about olive oil? <sighs> Wrap it up. What um. No, just be careful of the label. Look for certified uh, extra virgin. Um, consume it faster than consume you think. it faster. Yeah. It'll last a, a year in the bottle if it's not opened. Not opened if it's in a cool, dark place. Light time. Not, not refrigerated though. Well, there's there's all kinds of theories about that. Some people like their olive oil in refrigerator, but bring. Uh, Taking it in and out of the refrigerator can cause condensation in the bottle, which will bring water, and then your your bottle will go rancid really fast. But if you're going on vacation for a month, you can put it in there one time and take it out and then be done with it. But putting it in and wow. out is not, and it does get it does solidify in in the uh, fridge, but it's not a big deal. But yeah, look for the certi- certification and uh, meet your producer and. All the studies that are out on the health benefits of olive oil, they talk about four, three to four tablespoons of olive oil a day. That's about what the Greek do. The Italians are almost there. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? In the mornings, if you drink water, I drink water with half a lemon and a tablespoon of olive oil. No, warm thanks. Water. I chug that down. Whenever you cook, cook with olive oil. There's nothing wrong with cooking with olive oil. And then when you're done, drizzle a little olive oil on top. If you eat salads, really put in that olive oil. And you could do three tablespoons easily, and that's great for health benefits. There's a a great book out that's called The Seven Wonders of Olive Oil, and it talks about all the the, uh, benefits in seven different diseases. It was written by two ladies in France. So, yeah, healthy, good. Good for you. Yummy. Bake with it. I bake with it all the time. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. We, I, I've done that before. We've done yeah. that before, but not routinely. So that's a that's a good idea. Yeah. You can replace butter. Uh, so it's uh, three-fourths to one. So quantity. So th- uh, less olive oil than butter. butter. Three-fourths olive oil. And just oil replace to- any recipe? I mean, I can taste it in in some recipes, but most of the time uh, I can always taste it in mixes. So don't do cake mixes with olive oil. I always can taste something off. Mm -hmm. But if you're baking from scratch, absolutely. 
Uh, you got a blog with some cooking and olive oil and things, Mom. Where can people find you? Well, I haven't blogged in a while since I've moved, but I'm starting up again because I'm all excited about new olive oil recipes. And the blog's called therenaissancekitchen.com. Renaissancekitchen.com. The, and the Renaissance. And Instagram, also The Renaissance Kitchen. Yep, that's me. All right. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mike. Bye, Thanks, Mom. Jim. <laughs> Thank you. Catch you in the next one. Give us a rating and review. Share it with your friends. And if you guys tweet us, we'll be sure to retweet. Also, let us know who you want us to have on the show or what topics you want us to cover. Uh, look forward to it. I'm Silent Mike, Instagram and Twitter. I am the Jim McD on everything. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Good job, Mom.